Hey everybody, welcome back to Switchfeed Media Podcast. Uh, I'm changing the intro up just a little bit, and we're going to start having a little blurb about what the podcast is, uh, just so that new listeners can understand in the first 30 seconds or so what this podcast is about. Um, so welcome to Switchfeed Media Podcast. We're an entertainment podcast that talks about media, video games, movies, TV shows, uh, but also gets into personal lives and feelings a little bit. Uh, I'm your host this week, Chris Blankenship. With me as always is my wonderful and talented guest, Connor Rose. Hey everyone. And this week, we're introducing a new face uh, as our guest host. That is Austin. Say hi to the people. Hey, what's up, everybody? Uh, also, just a note about hosting. We generally host, whoever hosts is whoever is the one who wanted the guest on. Um, so this week, I asked Austin to be on, so I'm hosting. But typically, we try and switch it up every week. Um, but... That makes it sound like I didn't want him on. <laughs> no, no, no. no. That, Behind the scenes, me and Connor hate each other. First time meeting, but we we can't talk to each other. About you guys were you guys were chatting a ton before we started the podcast. No, I don't like him, and I don't like that he's here. Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm gonna stay here as long as possible, just to spite him. Actually. <laughs> um, so our first topic today is comes from Kanye West. Um, I was watching the Joe Rogan episode where he was a guest on uh, the Jerry and he had mentioned something about Black Panther, like a little conspiracy theory that he has that Marvel made Black Panther so that when you search like Black Panther in Google, all the stuff from like the Black Panther party in the 80s is like no longer a thing. Only the search results that come up are the movie Black Panther. So, like, they were working with the government to suppress, like, Black Panther search results. I want to get your guys' thoughts and ideas on that. <laughs> so, okay. So, I, from what I understand about this, Kanye West doesn't know that Black Panther has been a character since, like, the 60s or the 70s. He, he or it might have actually been 70s or 80s. But he thinks Black Panther was created by Marvel Studios for this one movie, right? I think that's kind of his understanding. I don't think they really got into it. I think the idea is that this movie and generated so much hype and buzz to like suppress all of that stuff. I don't know if he genuinely thinks that Black Panther was Black Panther was created for this movie. Okay. Cuz that's kind of what it's like it based on what he's saying, I think he's now seeing the popularity of the movie Black Panther mm-hmm. and I think that's where his theory comes from. So he might not he may or may not know that the character was created beforehand. Um Either way, I love this. <laughs> I, I just want to know, how does he think the internet works? Because if I'm interested in learning about like the Black Panther organization and I Google the words Black Panther and come up with MCU, I'm not just going to be like, oh, okay. And that, I'm, that's as far as I'm going with this. Like if, if anyone wants to re- research anything on the internet, they're going to continue down the steps. So that's just, I mean, he has a lot of weird theories and everything, but he just doesn't seem to really understand like how anything works or think past five seconds after what he says that's true because if you have if you do any google search it'll be like hey did you mean this black panther or this black panther and then you can literally just click and it'll give you results for each one so yeah it has those boxes it has related searches like even after you search something it's like black panther movie black panther organization like let me i'm gonna i'm just gonna google search black panther let me see what happens uh black panther first thing is to come up it's the IMDb and then the Wikipedia for the film and then some YouTube links and then Black Panther Party Wikipedia. Okay, so it's the so it is third, third link on Google. So now I'm questioning where he got his conspiracy from because that conspiracy doesn't even work. It's still here. No, no. And like, uh, Chris, you know, like I believe the algorithm is out to get us um, and it's very powerful that it's not like it's actually like wiping the Black Panther Party off of the internet completely or like the algorithm is just going to hide it from you completely. And yeah, sure, Disney probably doesn't want people becoming radicalized. They want you to keep beating up their um, their bullshit and thinking that they're as left as this can be probably. Um, this also reminds me of another conspiracy, which is they made Frozen so that when you Googled Walt Disney Frozen, you no longer saw anything about Walt Disney's head being frozen. Instead, it was just the movie, which is a way more fun conspiracy theory for me. Oh, yeah, I love that. That's so much better than... (laughs) (laughs) 
that man i don't even know when that rumor started but that's been around since like i was in elementary school that has yeah, frozen in the bowels of disney corporate it was that in that um uh fuck what's his name getting his ribs removed uh the, Marilyn Manson. Marilyn Manson. Manson. Yeah. yeah. And like everyone knew that. There's just something when you got to middle school, like everyone just knew Marilyn Manson got his ribs removed so he could suck his dick. But that's crazy. How do we all know? Like we all went to different schools and we all know that. Yeah. And th- there was no like internet or anything. It was just uh, like one kid heard it from his older brother who heard it from another. It's just word of mouth is powerful, apparently. Yeah. For real. <laughs> if the you search. The United States got that one. I just searched Walt Disney Frozen on Google, and the first thing is literally a PBS.org article about the urban legend of Walt Disney. Being really? <laughs> Interesting. So I, I feel like Disney, I wish all of these were true. And like in 2010 or whenever before Frozen came out, Disney had like this thing where let's try and suppress like certain things on the internet. And they made all these big blockbuster movies and it didn't work for them. <laughs> that's the thing about conspiracy theories that i always kind of hate is that uh the people who that that come up with them never use occam's razor they never just kind of cut it down to the simplest solution if disney didn't want you knowing about the black panther theory, they'd probably donate millions of dollars to google to suppress that information and like that's what companies do the idea that or like um hollywood superstars sacrifice babies to stay young no, they just use millions of dollars uh, and have great me- like medicine and other treatments. Like life they, is boring. They use millions of dollars to get those babies, is what they do. They gotta. Oh, yeah, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, yeah, they could have done that because the budget for Frozen was 150 million, and Black Panther was 200 million, and then if you count Frozen two. That's another 150 million. So that is half a billion dollars that they could have gave to Google to suppress those. Yeah. Just those two things. Black Panther, just, I mean, just talking about that movie in general, it was such a weird phenomenon because I don't think anybody thought it was going to be as popular as it was because Disney didn't even, like, 200 million for a Marvel movie in terms of budget is a crazy amount of money, but still relatively low, all things considered. And a lot of the special effects kind of, uh, you know, aren't very good in that movie because they didn't spend a lot of time on it because they didn't have faith in it. And then all of a sudden, it, you know, it blows past the first Avengers movie, the, you know, Civil War, pretty much everything else besides now Endgame. I I believe it's still like the second MCU movie in terms of uh, domestic gross and international gross. But it's absolutely insane to me that it blew up as much as it did. And maybe, and I think that's, Maybe where Kanye's thing is coming from. I mean, he's obviously wrong. Like we just proved that with one Google search. But <laughs> man, can you imagine if Joe Rogan did that kind of fact checking on his guests? How quickly their conversations would be over. Joe Rogan just let him talk and talk and <laughs> yeah, because that's what he does. Spit word salad. <laughs> that's the best thing you can do in a Kanye interview, though. Don't yeah. interrupt him and just let him keep talking, and you're gonna get gold. It, he was yeah. he was almost like he was interviewing himself. Like, he was both the interviewer and the interviewee at the same time. <laughs> I know what you're thinking, Kanye. And what's that, Kanye? And <laughs> He was like, well, let me just flesh out this tangent a bit. And then he would kind of go down it, and then he would shoot off on something else. It's very interesting. Like, just, you, you got to go watch it. I've seen, it. I've seen, like, clips. I, I didn't watch the whole thing, but I've seen, like, different segments where he's talking about... Uh... I, it, it, I don't even remember what... Because it, 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 that was exactly what... Like, the video was titled one thing for the clip and then that's exactly what he did where he like he would start a topic and then be like oh yeah that reminds me of this and then it would just you know escalate further down and it would go into this like i i, I don't know all these crazy tangents but i i mean kanye's kanye's always been weird to me because i i love kanye like i think he's a, you know people say this or he says this about himself i guess but i really do think he's a musical genius i mean he's lasted so he's been a mainstay in the you know music industry for what like 15 years more yeah Maybe more 15, probably yeah. 15 20 yeah you know, well i mean these... go ahead oh no, no no what were you saying I, I mean i think when you're at that level of genius or like and it's stardom especially either you show you're crazy or you don't i don't think anyone at that level is normal um john mulaney has a bit about mick jagger not being a nice guy he's like who is though who is that rich and powerful and a nice person or a normal person um and there's a lot of talk about kanye uh 
being mentally ill, uh, not taking his medicine and stuff, which is a real shame, honestly. And it is one thing I have um, trouble with when people talk about Kanye is that like we kind of forget about mental health issues because he's rich or uh, famous or just crazy. But he really is being, like, manipulated by um, the people in his life, like the Kardashians, for instance, who kind of use him like they use a lot of people just to become more popular. And I think even on Messing, the dude would probably be crazy. Um, but he is just a complete enigma that has always fascinated me. Yeah, no, he's – I mean, he's such an interesting guy. To your point, too, there's a lot of songs on uh, The Life of Pablo where he talks about his – public image and how the public treats him as a result of that and as and there are a lot of interesting things how he talks about you know he's dependent on things like the e-network for money because he's married to a kardashian but he also hates the paparazzi and that that you know juxtaposition is in a lot of those tracks um so i mean he's always like to me i also think that his albums are very underappreciated in their time like he'll put something out no you know people are kind of lukewarm on it and then three years later, everyone's like, holy shit, this was amazing. How did we mm. not realize it at the time? He's always been ahead of the curve, which I think is why, you know, I have so much respect for him musically. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like some people will cut it down to, oh, his lyrics are awful, but his beats are amazing. But like in general, I think, yeah, he's always going to be remem- remembered as someone who's changed the game and um, has done a lot for music in general and for hip hop too, like. Can you name someone else that is on the level as Kanye when it comes to a producer and idol and like stardom that um, has his kind of start too, where he just was doing it in his bedroom and just blew up like crazy. And now he's a, a household name for better or worse, like maybe partly because he took the mic from Taylor Swift and shit, but. Um, I can name one. Yeah. Lil Pump. <laughs> he started in his bedroom. Okay, yeah. You know, I don't know. I, you know how I feel about these. Uh, he's a uh, he's a headliner at Trump rallies. You know. <laughs> Did you guys read about the new radicals playing at um, Biden's like inauguration party or whatever? Um, so they're a band that I, literally the definition of one hit wonder. Um, they have one song. I forget when you have the music in you. It's like from the nineties. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, they literally broke up making that music video for MTV. Um, and that was the only thing they ever really released. And uh, Biden announced that they're going to play at the inauguration party. Um, and apparently it has something to do with uh, Bo Biden. We really loved that song when he's like going through chemo and stuff, but which is sad. But just what a world we live in where the new radicals are playing at the inauguration party for the president. <laughs> I love the idea that they're like, we're not getting back together unless this crusty old man becomes president. <laughs> a dude with a face like this comes to you and says, Hey, uh, my son really liked your music. Can you, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're like, all right, all right, boys, <laughs> one last ride. <laughs> it's been 20 years. I haven't seen you guys my whole life, essentially, but the president asked. It's funny. Cause I was like, before you explained it, I was about to ask, I was like, I don't, I have no idea who that is. And then you sang that song. I was like, Oh yeah. The yep. one song that they, okay. Yeah. They literally <laughs> have one song. Like, pure definition of one hit wonders because they broke up immediately as they got popular. Um, and it's just like, we live in a, a simulation or something. You can't write this kind of shit. Now pillow companies are out here arguing with each other on Twitter. Um, like one fresh pillow is the competitor competitor to my pillow. And I don't know if you guys know about that CEO, like telling Trump he should use martial law and shit. Yeah. He, he was invited to the White House, like, was it two or three days ago? Yeah, like yeah. Um, and now the One Fresh Pillow's, like, Twitter account has gone full Wendy's talking about, uh, like, uh, in, insurrections and politics and shit. Just, there's no way you could ever predict any of the things that are happening nowadays. As, I really... As, oh, sorry, what, Chris? I was just say, as time goes on, I... 100% believe that we're in a simulation and like it's just broken and like the like whatever program is running this it's just like going down like this deeper and deeper nonsense hole I think I think Joe Biden should have played or he should play a little pump song at his spring <laughs> in <laughs> Biden little... 2020 20, 20. 20. <laughs> <laughs> little Biden 2020 X <laughs> 
It's not. I, give it two years. There'll be a rapper called that. I guarantee. There's Ooh. not enough. There's not enough drugs in the name. Oh yeah, it's true. Like well, Lil, I, Lil Biden Fentanyl X, and then <laughs> perfect. It, there was gonna be drugs. Then Kamala threatened to in the prison for life. So, what was that? You broke up. Uh, there was drugs in the name, but Kamala Harris told him that if there were, then uh, she was gonna send him to prison for life. Yep. Oof. None of that. Just not having any of that shit. So, I mean, <laughs> it, it's one of those things where, like, <laughs> I don't know if there's room for debate on this issue with Kanye. Like, clearly he's wrong, but he is just, you know, an interesting guy to talk about. So, it's... I Yeah, I mean, it opens up the discussion for, like, yeah, how do big companies, like, influence um, the media and uh, algorithms and stuff like that, like, Google and Amazon have this full control over the world um, that people don't really talk about unless it's in these super weird conspiracies. But because of it being a super weird conspiracy, people don't talk about it. I'm always reminded of um, Alex Jones saying they're putting chemicals in the water to make the frogs gay. You know, that's a true like statement. Like they put chemicals in the air to help um, keep the climate in certain areas like stable, uh, especially in farmlands and stuff. Um, and those chemicals have been shown to make frogs more homosexual. But when Alex Jones is screaming, they're making the frogs gay, no one's going to listen and think about, oh, we should consider the uh, environmental impact of this. I, I want to know the scientist who has to test the frogs' homosexuality levels. <laughs> I think it is like a physiological thing that happens, kind of like clownfish becoming hermaphroditic. Um, right. Yeah. So, but... I just imagine Alex reading that and be like, we should talk about this. And then just read it all shit going on screen and be like, they're making frogs gay. People are like, what? I would just love if they like, like they had to put two guy frogs in a glass case. They're like, all right, now we wait. (laughs) Did you ever read uh, Frog and Toad as a kid? Yeah. They were definitely gay, right? For sure they were gay. Yeah. It's like like Bert and Ernie. Bert and Ernie, yeah. I don't know if they ever confirmed that down at the old uh, Sesame Street, but so one of the writers or voices or whatever said that he wrote Bert and Ernie with the idea that they were gay or a gay couple. Um, but like four of the other writers are like, no, they're just friends that live together. And isn't that America? Like, isn't that like the most American thing to say? Like, no, it's just two guys that for 20 something years live together, sleep in the same room and just. Yeah, they hate each other, but for some reason they stick around. Yeah, like, was, that's not a relationship. Like every like every friend across America, every friend group that lives together, they sleep in the exact same bed. Yeah, it wasn't progressive enough, and they didn't have a, a diversity quota that they had to hit on the show yet. It, it reminds me of um, the Fantastic Beast movie, uh, like the second one of those, where they show uh, uh, yeah Grindelwald and Dumbledore uh, have a special relationship. And one of the characters, like, says, I know you two are close. And people were really upset. They were like, well, you're not confirming that Dumbledore is gay, even though we know he is, but you're trying to make it palatable. And I remember reading a tweet that was like, well, what do you want them to do? Have a scene where Dumbledore is sucking Grindelwald's dick? And all I can think was, yes, I want to see Dumbledore choking on that wand. (laughs) Commit, motherfuckers, just commit. Well, Dumbledore, the problem is that Dumbledore wasn't gay. She made it up afterwards because like, there's nothing yeah. in the books to suggest that he's gay. She she wrote an all white, all straight book in like, you know, the 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. And now she's trying to make up for it. And I'm like, everyone's making fun of you. Like, you have yeah. to understand that. Like, every, every time you're like, oh, this person's gay or this person maybe could be, you know, Hermione could be black or whatever. It's like, you're just making shit up later. And now, and, and then, you know, to the cherry on top was her, her recent trans comments. Yeah. Which, you know abhorrent and just bizarre so, too oh, like, trans people are erased gayness or something she's just insane and you mentioned the hermione being black thing and yeah her response to that is just really weird because there's a tradition in theater of white people playing black people men playing women stuff like that in theater especially you can just kind of do whatever the fuck you want and the audience is supposed to just know okay well that's hermione and that's yada yada um but her decision to say well actually i did write hermione as black 
No, you didn't. Yeah. Just admit that and just say, yeah. hey, she can be whatever fucking color we want because that's not part of her character. No, I was just last time I was in New York uh, pre-COVID, I, I saw um, the King Kong musical on Broadway and they made the girl black. Yeah. Um, they, you know, so because it, it doesn't really, ma- I mean, yeah. that it doesn't make as much sense because she's supposed to be like a famous movie star and it takes place in, you know, the 1910s. So I was yeah, like, ah, but- she'd probably be white, but <laughs> it's also about a like six story monkey uh, and shit right. like that. So I'm willing to just be like, whatever. Right. I can yeah. suspend disbelief for that. But yes, yeah, so her, her insistence that she wrote it more diverse has is, is always been crazy to me. But Especially with, with characters like Cho Chang and, uh, like just all the racist stereotypes, which there's a great trend on TikTok of like me going to uh, Hogwarts and it's like a Latino person or something. And just the funny jokes that they write with that are great because she literally wrote hook-nosed bankers as little evil goblins. <laughs> like, okay, we see how you feel about the juice. Um, can we move on from that, Miss Rowling? Yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of like racial stereotypes and, uh, in the harry potter universe oh man yeah she's a whole other topic that we could yeah (laughs) on par with kanye i'm pretty sure with just stardom have completely like set her on a crazy path yeah do you do you think uh like if you guys like became their level of celebrity that you would crack a little bit too absolutely yeah i think about that a lot i i like to think that i would you know you know maintain a certain level of of humility and you know normalcy (laughs) but at the same time i mean when you have people who love you so much and they're constantly praising you and you feel like you can do no wrong i mean that does have to change you to a certain extent at like a fundamental level you know it it changes who you are so it's one of those things i can never really say yes or no to until i reach that level of stardom which will never happen so <laughs> you never know this podcast could just blow the fuck up. oh just joe, blows up yeah you could be on joe yeah. rogan experience next week for all we know uh the way the internet <laughs> works but yeah absolutely like i'm in no way mentally sound um and you give me unlimited money and power and influence like i don't even use twitter or instagram or social media that much but if you told me that if i tweeted something when i was drunk um and thousands of people would like it and read it and read into it too like all the rumors and stuff that um come about because someone just tweeted something random um i would use that power for evil in like two seconds flat there's no stopping me um and yeah so i'll just stay here and not be uh, famous whatsoever also i just couldn't imagine like that kind of stress or uh pressure from people um and like the the awfulness of media too uh i remember on hot ones daniel radcliffe was on there and he talked about for months he would leave uh sets in the same black jacket white t-shirt and blue jeans because he knew that the value of his photographs would go down um by paparazzi and so it would stop um and like zach efron was also on hot ones talking about this and like talking about being with his family and being tailed by a car for miles and miles um and just having to deal with that i just couldn't i'd punch a paparazzi person in the face a second into it i really yeah the privacy is something that you know i really (laughs) cherish and not being able to have it ever you know losing your anonymity i think would Mm -hmm. drive you a little bit insane so i I can definitely see that being an but i would like to have lots of money yeah oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Give me, i want to be like a saudi prince like no one knows my name but i'm richer than god like yeah. jeff bezos comes to me for a loan yeah, yeah no, you're, you're behind the scenes illuminati guy that's that mm-hmm. sounds like the ideal life the russian oligarchs that's that's who i want to be yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> just don't go to germany for any uh medical care because when you come back you'll be arrested for no reason <laughs> yeah <laughs> getting political up in here cool um did you guys see that picture by the way of him on the airplane before um not alexander was, whatever his name is he was watching rick and morty with his wife yeah i saw that like, he's like he they knew he knew when the plane was gonna land he was gonna be arrested mm-hmm. and he spent the whole plane ride watching rick and morty with his yeah wife. which is so just sweet it's, it's sweet and beautiful but also like rick and morty really 
Does that translate well to Russian, I wonder? Like, I'd be on YouTube watching, like, how do I survive a Russian gulag? Yeah. How, to, how to make a shiv. Like, there's a lot of those channels, too. You can, uh, like, Modern Rogue and stuff like that. It's like, how to make weapons in prison and hide uh, weapons on your body. Do you think those channels kind of start, like, the clickbaity channels where it's like, what's up, everybody? You know, <laughs> knife, was- boy, knife Boy 227 back again. Today I'm going to show you how to make a shiv or whatever, you know. I was half expecting Chris to start this with, what's up, everybody? This is, um, which I, you can't really blame anyone for doing that. I guess how are you supposed to start something? But um, the King of Random is a great example of one of those channels that started as, hey, we're going to make a cool project. And now it's like, what happens when you put steak in the toaster? And oh, okay. Yeah, they make a, what, a video What does day. happen? <laughs> I don't know. I want to click on those videos, but by principle, I will not click on those videos because I know what they're doing to me. Apparently, that actually does work because it cooks it on both sides. So if you leave it in long enough, it will, you know, eventually cook it to, like, probably around medium rare. That's overcooked. Oh yeah. <laughs> if you leave it into the problem is that with the you know the initial contact on both sides, it does like even if it's not cooked super all the way through, it'll char the outside. Yeah, you don't need to char. You could like do a reverse sear, starting with the toaster, <laughs> <laughs> and then just throw it in the oven. Yeah, I mean oven. Uh, you know, it's it's underrated, but oven uh, steak isn't the worst thing in the world. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you have a really thick steak. You're probably better off throwing that in the oven than you are trying to do it on like a grill or something or even a stove. Yeah, I do the um, – we got a, pa- a cast iron uh, pan, and yeah. that's – usually I do that, and I'll flip it over, and you like – you baste it with butter, and you throw mm-hmm. in um, like whatever, like parsley and shit like that. And basil. Oh and some, so, yeah, yeah basil. Yeah, I use uh, rosemary. That's my, that's my go-to steak herb. Mm-hmm. The herb. Mm-hmm. All right, so Spider Man. <laughs> <laughs> Great transition, everybody. Yeah. I think there was something about like we're going to shift gears from Black Panther to another superhero, well, but then we just you know. there's also a great one with um we were talking about how rumors and stuff can spread on Twitter and like someone says something and I'm like oh that's a great transition to Spider Man oh well <laughs> then we started talking about steak <laughs> yeah Chris do you want me to sort of um as as probably the resident uh, <laughs> Spider-Man expert of the two of us. Do you want me to kind of read off some of the um, rumors and stuff that have been floating around? Yeah, fill us and the, the listeners in. Okay, so God, I don't even know where to start. I took a bunch of screenshots from an article that was uh, like, it, it was all the confirmed stuff and then all the rumors that are going around, which are basically confirmed if the other confirmations have already happened. So, one thing that's confirmed is that uh, Nick Fury will be back, which, you know, seemed relatively obvious, I guess. Uh, a strange one, no pun intended, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch will uh, appear as Doctor Strange at some point, um, as well as Elizabeth Olsen, because they're going to be together in Doctor Strange 2. They're going to like they're going to have their adventure in the uh, Multiverse of Madness, I think it's called. Uh, let's see. Obviously, Tom Holland's coming back. All the original cast is coming back. So Zendaya, the guy who plays Ned. I don't know his actual name. Jason Uh, Battleborn, which is the coolest fucking name in the world. That is a dope name. That is a cool name. Yeah. He's Um, also bald in real life, by the way. Yeah, he is. I saw that interview with him. He had no hair. I was like, what Mm -hmm. the fuck? That's a wig? (laughs) I was shook. Does he have, like, alopecia or is it a choice? No, I think it's a choice, maybe. Or he's just kind of balding. He's yeah. like 30. He's not as young as the rest of them. Is he really? He's pretty like I know he's older than like some of them. Well, he looks really young. He so does. They, yeah. they cast it well. But yeah, he'll be coming back. Um uh Marissa Tomei as Aunt May, Happy Hogan, all coming back. Uh now here's some more confirmed ones that that basically confirm all of the other rumors. Uh Jamie Foxx will be reprising his role as Electro from The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Alfred Molina will be back as Doc Ock from Spider-Man 2 for the the Sam Raimi uh, Tobey Mm -hmm. Maguire series. Let's see. We have... Yeah, so this is where it kind of gets into the rumor territory. Now, with Electro and Doc Ock coming back, it's safe to assume that Andrew Garfield and 
Tobey Maguire will be reprising their sort of respective roles. Um, it's also been said that uh, Kirsten Dunst will, repri- will reprise her role as Mary Jane, and then Emma Stone will be Gwen Stacy. Uh, there's a rumor that Mysterio is coming back, which would make sense because, like, his whole you know illusion tech would it would be very easy to for him to have faked his death at the end. Yeah, of absolutely. Like that's where you're kind of led to believe by the end of that the second movie. Yeah, for sure. And then uh, J.K. Simmons will be back as J. Jonah Jameson. Thank God. Um, and then the most recent rumor. Oh, actually, I'm sorry. There's one more. Uh, Willem Dafoe and Dane DeHaan are rumored to be in this, both as their respective Green Goblins. I did not know about that one, and that makes me so excited. <laughs> I'm very excited for the Willem Dafoe one. I am less excited for the Dane DeHaan. <laughs> Dane DeHaan is a freak of nature, but I do love seeing him and stuff. Yeah. He, he's a nut, but he is he is kind of fun to watch. I mean, I it, of the two, if I had to choose, it's Willem Dafoe, Green Goblin, all day, every day. But, I mean, both, sure. both would be cool. And then the most recent rumor is that Charlie Cox, who plays Daredevil in the Netflix uh, Daredevil series, has just finished all of his scenes, shooting all of his scenes for Spider-Man 3. So my question to you guys, what the fuck is this movie going to be about? <laughs> yeah, I mean, first of all, you have to imagine that they're definitely going to go the route of Into the Spider-Verse. Um, they even set up a multiverse like theory in the second Spider-Man movie. Which turns out to be like a lie from Mysterio, but doesn't have to be false, right? Okay, so before before we get into this, Chris, have you seen Far From Home? Yes, you have seen Far. Okay, I was wondering how spoilery we. Okay, continue. Yeah, I mean, if like if it, if a couple years out now, we can ruin it. Um, <laughs> but um, and the fact that uh, Doctor Strange is going to be there in the whole multiverse of madness thing is interesting because uh, the Ultimate Comics. Uh, kind of touch on some of that stuff with a pair up between Strange and Spider-Man, like fighting Nightmare and Mephisto and shit like that. Super crazy, trippy shit, um, which maybe they won't get into here, but I definitely feel like it's going to be a multiverse kind of movie. And before Endgame, I would say that the general audience is not ready for that. Um, that trying to explain that to a lot of people is going to be confusing. But watching how they did time travel in Endgame and how well they explained it, Marvel can do whatever the fuck they want, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and at this point, I'm I'm really excited. You know, stuff like WandaVision, that's that's the first two episodes are already out. I'm oh, excited for them to get weird with it. Mm-hmm. Because you've done you've done, you know, the superhero tropes to death at this point. Not just the MCU, but every superhero movie. So I'm excited for them to say, hey, we're gonna make, you know, a Wanda and Vision, you know mid-century sitcom <laughs> yeah which just to touch on that i've i just watched the first two episodes last night amazing just like they hit the nail on the head and you're right we need to move towards weirder shit all these characters are established and we can watch the same setup movies for new characters and stuff or we can just get weird with it we can just do some crazy ass shit because the comics do it the comics do the most insane shit sometimes like Blade and um, Spider-Man team up in the Ultimate Comics, and it's just crazy. And we—it seems like the general audience is ready for us to be weird with like comic book movies. Yeah, I think they're definitely more accepting of it. Like you said too, after Endgame, when you uh, when you have like you know all the time travel subplots and the multiverse stuff that happens through that. Um, if I had to guess, I would say. Something, I mean, clearly something is going to go wrong in WandaVision to where she needs Doctor Strange's help. She will try to get help from him in the Doctor Strange film. Like a traditional horror movie, it will end poorly. And, you know, it will, it will end on sort of this cliffhanger moment that I think is going to lead directly into the next Spider-Man film. Go, I, the one concern I have is that for people who don't watch all the MCU stuff... I think you're going to be totally lost because going from homecoming to far from home to whatever this is called. If you just watch those, you are going to have no idea what is happening. Spider-Man, which home is mine? Um, But yeah, like I I feel like that's that ship has sailed a long time ago. If you're not bought into the Marvel universe. And so you don't watch the, because they've said these shows are going to be part of like the main timeline and canon and shit. So you either buy into it or you just 
don't. Um, I don't think Marvel cares at this point whether or not they're getting new people because every movie they release is a billion dollars, if not more. Um, they've just destroyed what movies in media look like. Um, and so, yeah, this movie is going to be interesting. And yeah, sure, if someone hasn't watched uh, WandaVision, I feel like they might be able to sum that up in just one line or two. Like, only two episodes have come out, but I'm pretty sure the the overall theme is going to be yeah, Wanda is really depressed, so she did some bad shit. Now more bad shit's happening. Right. Yeah, yeah. And then she's going to need the, you know, help from him possibly. But yeah. I, Chris, I guess going back, it, going back to maybe a more general topic on this, are, are you excited being somebody like who maybe, I don't know if this is true or not about you. I'm going to make some <laughs> general assumptions, but maybe like a more traditional superhero story. Would, would something like this to you be more exciting where it's, all these references from these past movies and then all of these different plot lines converging in like several different multiverses, or do you like it to be a little bit more simple? No, I like it more complicated. (laughs) Okay. I I feel like you can get like very one dimensional. Like if you think like the first captain America and things like that, but I like when you have like supposedly what spider, like Spider-Man movie would be where you have a bunch of different things and you, there's a lot of different complexity to it. And um, you know, there could almost be like a twist at the ending or something like along the way. I don't know. I think, I think, and like you said, you've established the character, so you don't need those 1D movies anymore. So you can, you can get weird with it. I hope they do. Um, I haven't, I haven't seen all of these people before. Like, uh, I watched the Tobey Maguire Spider-Mans, but I didn't watch the other ones. Um, so I might need to watch those before I watch this movie. But you haven't seen Jamie Foxx as well, you haven't seen the Amazing Spider-Man movies, right? No, not the Amazing ones. Okay. Well, I, before this, I would have said don't even bother. But now, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you kind of need to. Um, and even to talk about like a meta, um, the meta behind this, the fact that they're talking about Andrew Garfield being in these movies is um, strange because I know he does not have good relationships with sony in general the reason they didn't make a third uh amazing spider-man was because he got drunk at a party and started bad-mouthing their sony execs and talking about how they should just sell it to marvel um and that they're idiots and (laughs) yada yada um and so it was bye-bye for amazing spider-man you know it it sucks too because i i definitely think you know people people like the dog on andrew garfield and for parts of it i i understand but I think his performance is very underrated, especially in that first Amazing Spider-Man movie. And I think he was the best at being like a normal teenager. Yeah. I really think that he he pulled that off. Like there were people that, you know, you like I felt like I knew kids like him or like, I you know, I, it, he felt like a person who was in like because they tried to make that movie more grounded, especially after the Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. So, and I think they did a really good job of that because Tobey Maguire always felt sort of like. <laughs> This man out of time like he wasn't a high schooler but they try to portray him that way he's a, it, he was like a 40 year old man in those movies don't tell me he's <laughs> yeah. in high school no no and i and i'm not dogging those movies at all because they're my favorite spider-man films by far but it's it, it it does feel like and then you know tom holland is fine but he's mm. not really like a typical teenager they don't they don't set him up to have like normal teenage problems so i i think andrew garfield is understated in that aspect and i would be happy to see him like have another run at the character because i really do think he deserves it yeah absolutely and um i think yeah like you said andrew i mean andrew um tom holland is fine and i think that's his biggest problem is he's just fine where toby mcguire was a great peter he was nerdy and weird and kind of antisocial. and when it gets to the third one no matter how bad that movie is you can see that character become what he does in that third movie and then andrew garfield is a great spider-man because spider-man is good for funny quips and goofiness and kind of being cool and suave at least when he's in the suit but he was cool and suave with peter too which i think uh, rubbed a lot of people the wrong way but even then i knew kids in high school that were cool people but also really nerdy and unpopular um so yeah i think he's very much underrated in those films and um I have nothing against Tom Holland, but I think we do need another Peter Parker or Spider-Man. Like, it would be cool to see. Or Miles Morales. Like, Miles is getting a lot of attention right now. Bring him in. 
it wouldn't shock me if they did something like that. And, you know, in terms, just real quick too, I think in terms of all these, you know, oh, Alfred Molina's coming back. Oh, Electra's coming back. I think what you're going to see is that, you know, obviously I'm spitballing, but Doctor Strange is going to like open a portal. You're going to see Tobey Maguire fighting Alfred Molina on a clock tower. And he's like, oh no, wrong universe. And then he closes mm-hmm. it. And that's all you're going to see of it. You know, it's not going to be like a whole plot line. <laughs> I, I could see that. That seems like, like I, I do, I'm wary of hyping all this stuff up and buying into like, it's going to be the multiverse movie of my dreams. Cause it could just be that it could just be Easter eggs. Cause uh, MCU loves its Easter eggs. So people could just be getting a little too hyped for this when in reality, it's going to be one of the other Spider-Man movies. And then with just a little sprinkling of multiverse stuff. Also spoiler alert for anyone who's seen these 20 year old movies, both of those characters are dead. <laughs> so we're gonna, yeah. So it could be like a, a reimagined version of both of these characters. It could just be like the MCU version of these. It doesn't necessarily need to be like the Raimi version or the, uh, the Mark Webb version. Um, I, I, I don't know. I have no idea what they're planning on doing. I, I'm excited well, as much as I am worried, but. And um, Jamie Foxx, when he like leaked or announced or however you want to call what he did um, that he was going to come back as an electro, he even says not with a blue face. So that kind of leads you to believe that maybe these are just reimaginings of these characters. Um, Because, yeah, we don't have an Electro or a Doc Ock right now in this um, MCU Spider-Man universe. And we don't have a Sinister Six yet. And both of the um, previous franchises have tried to set up a Sinister Six and just didn't do it. And then um, Far From or Homecoming at the very end sets up a Sinister Six still haven't done it so maybe that's what they're going to do with this with a little cameos from these characters yeah i I, that that's a really good point um and i hope that's what we get especially it's such a bummer because spider-man ps4 did it so well and it did Mm -hmm. it in one game (laughs) yeah i mean like i was proud of the mcu for not showing me uncle ben dying again i don't need to see it again yeah um i cry every fucking time i don't need to cry again um but yeah, like just drop us the fuck in. I mean, like people know what's going on. You can, I have no doubt that the normal person that played Spider Man on PlayStation 4 kind of figured it out. Ben's dead. I've been Spider Man a while. These are some bad guys I run into. Yeah. There's not a lot of setup there. You don't have to spend movies on that. No, in 2002, you had to explain Spider Man's origin story. That's fine. But it's 2021. I think mm-hmm. we all know who Spider-Man is. We all know how he gets his powers. And that's that was the other thing I like, too, like you were saying with Spider-Man PS4, is that they drop you in like eight years into him being Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. They're like, all right, here we go. <laughs> yeah, like it's he's been Spider-Man a long time. He's got this shit figured out. Um, and like, yeah, it reminds me of the um, like the Switch franchises here, but uh, Batman versus Superman, the first like 20 minutes of that movie is setting up Batman's parents die. And he like, there's bats all around him and shit. It's like, if I have to see those fucking pearls again, get ripped off Martha Wayne's fucking neck, I'm going to fucking punch a TV. I get it. We all get it. Anyone that is going to go into a Batman movie gets it by now. They know the story. Yeah. Like, it's not 20 years ago. We can just jump right to it. I'm hoping that the Robert Pattinson one gets that by now. But you think that they do that stuff because they're making movies not for like people like us but to maximize how much money they bring in for sure like they get a little cookie cutter with it yeah i think you have to you know a lot of that too is probably executive notes like either warner brothers or marvel studio higher up notes being like you know they're they're like 70 year old dudes and they're like i don't get how how does he shoot the webs i don't understand so then they have to be like all right well he's gonna make the web shooters and they're like what what are you talking about so where, they, do, where do the bats come from yeah which <laughs> in like 10 20 years ago a hundred percent there was no way one of these movies are going to be made without miles of exposition but now that we have something like uh wandavision where it it gets fucking bonkers I think now studios are starting to feel a little bit more comfortable with just dropping people into the deep end and just going with it, uh, especially like the Hawkeye um, TV show that's coming. That's a really weird um, series that Matt Mercer does. Uh, not Matt Mercer, that's 
Fiendy do. I forget the guy that does that series, but um, it's a weird series. It it's not like the rest of the MCU. And if they hold true to it, people might be confused. But I think at this point, Marvel understands that if you're gonna watch their movie, you're gonna watch their movie. And if you're not, it's been 20 years. You're probably not gonna get bought in. Yeah, but I totally agree. I mean, WandaVision is probably the least user-friendly MCU mm-hmm. piece of media that's come out. It drops you in. You are immediately in a 50 sitcom. There is no setup. No. There's no explanation of what's going on. Like, if you don't know her and you don't know her powers and you didn't watch the eight other movies she's been in, you will not understand what's happening. And and I kind of respect that. Yeah. And, like, you're either in or out at this point, buddy. Like, <laughs> yeah. And those movies, that, that show also, like, kind of goes off the comics. So, like, if you read the comics, then there's a lot of Easter eggs for you. If not, then you can still enjoy it. But also, like, it gets dark and weird. And the amount of articles I saw the next day after it dropped was people trying to explain it, which it was a lot of clickbait. But I guess if you don't get it or you're really just not the person for these movies or shows, there's still an avenue for you to understand it afterwards and get into it at any point. We live in a world where all information is at your fingertips. So if you're someone who, say you're 15 years old right now, you weren't alive when fucking Iron Man came out, which is insane. Um, but you're trying to get into these movies, you can just Google this shit. It's on Wikipedia. Like, so I don't. you don't need to tell me every time that Uncle Ben dies or that um iron man's a drunk or captain america with frozen and ice that can just be a throwaway line and then we can just move on and get to the real meat of these stories because that's where i think we're if we're gonna stay fresh after 20 years of marvel movies we have to get to the meat and the weirdness and new ideas it's kind of how oh, oh sorry what? i was gonna say just um when i watched tenet and then i looked up stuff afterwards of how it worked it made it a lot a lot clicked which was mm-hmm. helpful after the movie. I still want to watch it again to to rewatch it, understanding how that movie works. Yeah. But like, just the fact that I can go online, understand how something works. If I didn't, like, there were parts of the movie that I I got and I understood, and there were parts that I didn't. And then I can fill those gaps later, and then rewatch a movie is really nice, you know. Yeah. That's I know. How I... Oh, sorry. What? Oh, well, I was going to say that kind of lends to the production value of that movie too, or like the profit of that movie. As a movie, you're going to want to watch again. As a movie, you're going to want to give them money again. So getting weird with it's fine because I'm probably going to watch another episode of WandaVision. Like, I'm going to rewatch those episodes because, like, there's more for you to find. It's filling and it's due for a rewatch every time. And that's, and going off of your point, Chris, that's, you know, Tenet especially, but that's how I watch every single movie I watch now. But like, especially pre COVID when we could all still go to the theaters, I would watch a movie. I would know how I feel about it. Like, you know, I'd have my opinions, but then I'd be like, I want to know what literally everybody else thinks about this movie. So I would go online, I type in whatever movie review, and then I'd watch like three or four of them just because, you know, I want to make sure that like, I don't want to, you know, change. I think people will view that in a negative light. Like, oh, you're just basing your opinions on what other people think, which isn't true. I just, I have my thing and I'm like, I want to see if that lines up with like the more popular YouTube reviewers. Yeah, you want to be informed and like maybe they do have an insight that makes the movie better for you when you watch it. Yeah, that's exactly what it is, too, because sometimes, you know, if it's especially I do it, especially if it's something I hate. because I'm like, what did people see in this? And sometimes people bring up good points like, oh, I liked how this character did this or like this plot point, whatever. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's something I didn't really think about before. So that's, you know, it's an interesting way of it's it's so bad to just say, oh, something sucks. And then you don't give reasons for it. That's like one of my biggest pet peeves. Someone's like, I hate that. I'm like, why? It's like, because it sucks. <laughs> like That's not helpful. Like why you have to have reasons yeah. for why you don't like things, because then then we can't have a dialogue. Then we can't have a discussion about it. Then it's just you being an asshole. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's to- no no movie without sins and flaws. But if you can't point those sins and flaws out to me, then. I don't really care about your opinion on why you don't like the like the departed. Like I could point out a lot of bad things about those, that movie, but unless you're gonna tell me what those things are, I don't care. Right. What if what if I got so bored that I fell asleep like 30 minutes in and didn't see the rest of the movie? But I can still say that movie sucks because it bored me to sleep. 
That's a reason, though, at least. That's valuable, that's <laughs> okay. yeah. No, so, you know what I'm talking about? Like People are just like, oh, it's bad because I yeah. didn't like it. Like and the, You saying that a movie is so boring that you fell asleep is a legitimate reason for not liking a movie. It's totally <laughs> fine. Yeah, it's like me and Chris like had an argument when uh, Thor Ragnarok came out because I love that movie. I think it's incredible. And he's like, the only good part was when Hulk came out because I didn't see it in trailers. <laughs> like... And he at least gave me well, his reasons and value, like, and I'm like, oh, those are valid reasons. I think I have to rewatch the movie since then because I've forgotten a lot about it. But I don't like the forced comedy. I think I brought this up. The, yeah, the like yeah. childish Hulk lines. You and I, you and I felt very similar about this movie when we left, Chris. I, I've seen it a few times since, and there are aspects of the movie that I've grown to like more over time. But I still think it's only like half a good movie. Like, yeah, you there, You've said that you've enjoyed it more, which makes me want to rewatch it again. So, yeah, I think once you that happens with a lot of movies too, like the stuff that bugs you initially just kind of fades away over time. Like you can just kind of deal with it and get over it. But that movie is incredibly well directed. Um, I don't think it has a great script, (laughs) (laughs) but and I don't think the story is really anything to write home about besides the stuff on Sakaar which I think it, is super fun. Yeah, the whole Asgard storyline in that movie was just kind of a C story or a D story. It had, it was not important or fun or interesting. Or, like, it didn't feel like it was part of the rest of the movie. No, and, and it felt like such a bummer going from someone who's just like, oh, I'm all powerful because of this. And then cutting back to Jeff Goldblum's character who is fucking amazing. <laughs> and like, they, they commit to Jeff Goldblum is an alien, right? We're all yeah. in agreement that he's not a human. There is no way they wrote that man any lines. They were like, just go out there. We're going to put you in this weird dress thing, and you're going to say whatever you want, dude. Oh. Uh, just for time's sake, do we want to get into the mystery topic? Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Okay. All right. So um, and it's actually not going to change the topic too much because um, my mystery topic is – I'm going to add a little um, background information to this, but uh, – concerning movie theaters uh post covid or during covid or who knows if it's post covid um but when the uh lockdown first happened uh universal studios announced that all of their movies were going to be day and date with theater releases so if it came out in theaters it was going to come out on a streaming service of some kind um which <laughs> led amc to say uh, we will never show another fucking movie of yours ever again if you do this. Um, because there's rules to that shit. Um, you have to keep a movie in theaters for, I want to say it's about six weeks if it performs up to uh, standard before it goes to uh, rental. And then uh, it's another couple months before it can go to streaming services. So Universal pretty much immediately said, we can see this going badly. We're going to save our ass right now. Um, and got shut the fuck down. Uh, skipped ahead to almost a year into COVID, and now Warner Brother Media is saying that exact same thing. And with Wonder Woman, uh, with the first movie to release day and date um, from them, there was not much information, no uh, backlash, no anything. It just kind of happened because people want to see these movies that have been on hold for a whole year. Though there have been um, big theaters and even small ones talking about how this might be the end for movie theaters. Uh, my favorite uh, quote was a, uh, I think, AMC executive saying, I guess movie theaters will just be Halloween stores from now on, which broke my fucking heart. Um, so what do you guys think is the future for movie theaters post-COVID? First of all, that's super, that's really funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What a great little snide little fucking jab. <laughs> that quote is goddamn hilarious. It's super mean. But, uh, oh man, Chris, do we want to get into <laughs> theaters again? We should probably, uh, Austin, it's funny. We've, we've brought up, um, th- this has been sort of an ongoing discussion on the podcast because we do really? think it's super interesting to, um, get into what the future of movie theaters is. Um, I guess trying not to repeat myself from before, I think, I, I think it's tough because, especially what you're saying now with AMC being so opposed to what um, Warner brothers is doing. I think if Warner brothers finds success in HBO max and they find that more people are going to just stream all these movies at home, I wonder how many other movie studios are going to follow. 
mm-hmm. are going to follow suit. So I wonder, you know, Disney's already started to do it a little bit. Um, there's some stuff on uh, that's gone straight to Amazon Prime and Apple TV. And, and, you know, from big companies like Paramount and shit like that. So if that trend continues, then movie theaters are definitely in trouble. I, I think... I think to a certain extent, people like us, you know, everybody who's on the podcast right now, I think we enjoy the theater enough to where I would still go if given the option when everything's safe. Um, And I think a lot of people feel that way. You know, people who are, you know, part of a family and they do a family night or maybe it's a date night or, you know, whatever it is that it's an experience and people like to have that experience. So I, I think they'll never truly die, but fuck this next year i mean this past year was rough this next year might be worse uh for them we'll see and also a little more background information um warner brothers when they announced that they were doing this new plan announced that they were going to lose an estimated one billion dollars from doing this um but they said that that hit would be less than if they just didn't release these movies at all um and amc i think recently said that they're probably going to be closed and go bankrupt by the end of this month so we have Regal and AMC, two of the biggest chains in the country that probably won't be here in a couple of months. I uh, so two things. One, uh, fuck Warner Brothers. All my homies hate Warner Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> they uh, they copyright stroke. Uh, what was it episode eleven of they our did. podcast? They they love copyright striking people. Dude, it had like a hundred views. Like, come on. <laughs> and it was we only it was because we showed the Tron trailer with no audio, and they still. They still wow. got pissed. No, Tron Tron was fine because Disney oh, it was played, uh it was the Wonder Woman trailer because we it was the Wonder Woman trailer. Oh, okay. No, Disney didn't give a fuck about Tron. They're like, no one cares about Tron. You're fine. <laughs> we showed we showed two trailers. I got them mixed up that episode. Yeah, yeah, it, was yeah. A, it was Wonder Woman trailer with no audio. They still got yeah. mad. We were yeah, shitting right. on it. Maybe that's what they uh they didn't like. <laughs> yeah, we uh, yeah, I was shitting on it hard. <laughs> um, yeah, a lot of the like streamers and stuff I watch when they post to YouTube half the time I click on their videos. Warner Brothers has uh, struck this video for copyright infringement because, and I go to like Twitch or something and it's like four seconds of a trailer or like a GIF or something. They're notorious. Yeah. They're like Nintendo, man. They'll they'll strike you yeah. down hard. They shut down Harry Potter with guns, which by the way, Austin, <laughs> I'll fill you in on that after the podcast. Okay. That sounds amazing. It's amazing. Oh, dude. We'll Does Congress you. have school shootings? Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> um... Do they have to worry about that? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. <laughs> they have wands. I mean. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's what America needs is every student needs to have a gun. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> That'll save the NRA from uh, from NRA, Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other point is uh, AMC can stop being a little bitch about it. I mean, when music shifted to like Spotify and Apple Music and all that stuff, you didn't see CD stores like throwing a fit you don't see dvd stores throwing a fit they just went out of business mm-hmm. like if something happens with the movie industry where movies start moving to streaming and that's what the market wants then movie theaters will die or become like a niche market and these big massive like companies with a movie theater in every city will will die like that's what the that's that's economics like that's what's going to happen and you either innovate or you die. And that's, you know, AMC has to realize that. And I think, you know, a lot of what they're trying to do now is make theaters as unique as possible. So, you, you know, obviously you've had IMAX for a long time, but, you know, Cinemark has the the XD theater with all the colors and the 18 million speakers or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, like they're, they're trying to make it feel like you can never experience this again once it's out of theaters. And I think that's definitely like the way to go if they want to, keep you also just lower the ticket prices a little bit but that's yeah. innovation you're doing something to change the experience and if the market wants that they'll get it but yeah and you know chris i kind of agree with you um i was talking to a friend of mine um and he has this idea that 10 20 years from now movies won't be what they are now it'll be something that like 10 people go to a screening and it's going to be it's not going to be the next marvel movie it's going to be some a24 whatever movie it's for people that care about the theater which is kind of exciting to me because the amount of fights i've gotten in the movie theaters is kind of dangerous i'm gonna get stabbed one of these days um because percent of people don't respect the theater or movies or anything like that 
and people fall asleep or they play on their phone or they talk or it's just annoying. Um, so it will be interesting, I think, to see what happens in the next few years with movie theaters. And yeah, if Regal closes down, oh, well, they were kind of assholes anyway. They stole one of my hats one time. So I have a, a, a vendetta against the Regal movie theater near me. Did you like leave it in there and they were just like, oh, no, we don't know where it is. Yeah, so it was a hat like this, but the um, instead of this little icon, it was like uh, brass knuckles. Mm-hmm. My favorite hat ever. Oh, and I, I remember left it, that hat. Yeah, yeah. I left it uh, in there. It was like an 11 p.m. showing, so it was the last one. It was a fucking kitchen with uh, Melissa McCarthy. Uh, not worth losing a hat for, it, <laughs> I promise you. Um, and so I get home, and I don't realize it. Um, I wake up. I have to go to like a lunch meeting or something with my work the next day. And I realized I lost my hat. So after that meeting, I drive straight to Regal. And I'm like, hey, I lost my hat. It was in this theater, this time, blah, blah. Yeah, we haven't found it. I'm like, okay. Every time I went there, which was basically once a week, because I have like the free pass and stuff, I asked about it. And each time it was like, no, they didn't even check or anything. I'm like, some asshole is wearing my hat right now. Yep. And it was, um, it was a limited edition hat. I couldn't buy another one. That sucks. Yeah. I, if it makes you feel better, though, I think that's a great point <laughs> that you brought up before. <laughs> um, it's something I hadn't really thought about, too, because if if the people, you know, if people who go to the movies just to disrupt everybody else can watch these movies at home, then they're just going to mm-hmm. watch them at home. Because there's no reason to go out if you're just going to be on your phone and talking with your friends like you'll just do that on your couch. So maybe yep. the movie theater will become a better experience because of that. You know, they won't show the big blockbusters that go straight to theaters but like you know the next ari aster horror movie goes right there and and you know the people who truly appreciate film and cinema are going to be the only ones who go to the theater which is cool but is not good for the theaters (laughs) yeah i was gonna say i would even prefer like indie films or something like being shown at your local theaters instead of every literally every single theater every single screen being taken up by like a marvel movie movie but that means of course less people like the general you know, population is going to go to those movie theaters. They're going to lose revenue, you know. That's yeah, what I never understood with, like, Martin Scorsese. who's like, oh, the, you know, the Marvel movies aren't real cinema, which is his opinion. That's fine. But, but you know, a lot of old fart directors like Steven Spielberg and a bunch of, you know, they, they all kind of got on board with that. And it's weird to me because I'm like, do, do you want to keep making movies? Because if you guys want to keep making movies, you need those Marvel movies in theaters. Mm-hmm. Like they're necessary for you guys to make the shit that you want to make, you know, just because you're not a fan of that style of film doesn't mean it doesn't bring in a shit ton of money for everyone. That's true. Like the, the fact that half the screens have one movie, well, that's what's supporting the rest of the screens. Right. Yeah. It's it's what is keeping Regal and AMC in business and getting like, you go there and it's like, Hey, this theater is really nice and it's much nicer than a theater that is showing some indie film should be like i remember watching jojo rabbit in regal i had a recliner seat and like good food and 10 years ago if i was watching jojo rabbit like it would have just been in some weird downtown theater with like a screen that big and it would have been nothing so it is nice having that option that marvel brings money to these theaters so that they can improve the experience for others um though connor you made a great point about theaters being an experience that you can't have at home there's not a lot of marvel movies that i think i can't just watch on my phone to be honest and get the same experience though there are a lot of other movies like tenant for instance i saw that that was the last movie i thought saw in theaters before regal closed and um it i couldn't imagine trying to watch it anywhere else like some of the scenes and just the action and the excitement of it you need that big screen. You need that RPX, like surround sound and all that shaking your seat and just being in it. I had planned. That was like one of the movies I was most excited about this year. I, was, I had planned to see it in IMAX. I was like, I'm going to drive all the way out to the one that's like the better screen. It's like 45 minutes from my house. Like I had the whole thing planned out. And then, you know, they closed that theater and they closed basically all the other ones around here. And it just, you know, because they're like, it's not safe. And, you know, we, we have too many cases right now. So I was like, all right, that's fine. So I had to wait till it came out on Blu-ray. And I still loved it, but there was a part of me that was like, man, all this shit that was shot with these IMAX cameras would look so much better on a giant screen. Yeah, because like Christopher Nolan, he cares about the experience. He like that motherfucker crashed a 747 because he was like, no, we just gotta do it in real life. It has to be real. Like 
he is to a fault like in love with the theater experience and like movie making experience um i say to a fault because the man doesn't know what adr is and so half the times when it's raining or there's explosions in his movies i don't know what characters are saying dude so, one, of the, one of the funniest things i heard was a reviewer said that watching tenet was like watching interstellar in the other room while it's raining outside <laughs> <laughs> you can't hear a god no. well and like robert patton's he's talking like this and very quiet and i'm like speak up you're talking about quantum mechanics i'm not yeah. that smart you never you really need to slow it down and speak up i will say yeah. watching it at home with the subtitles was nice yeah <laughs> it was. i could imagine yeah. you need the subtitles for that movie oh my god <laughs> chris what uh what time are we at right now are we a little over it's just a little bit over okay do we want to do we want to call it there yeah we'll call it here um yeah i'm okay with that you you guys okay with that yeah, yeah that's fine with me all right well uh, i'd like to thank everybody for listening to episode 14 of switch Screen media podcast um if you watch this on youtube give us a like and subscribe for uh podcasts every friday um austin i want to thank you for for being on it was a pleasure yeah thank you for having me on this was a shit ton of fun like i said <laughs> i've wanted to do some kind of like media stuff for a long time so uh getting to be on a podcast pretty great yeah, yeah i hope man, we have anytime. it back at some point yeah anytime you want to come back let us know yeah uh and uh thank you everybody for listening bye bye everybody